Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we'll be talking about it right here, Monday through Friday, on the Locked On Podcast Network. On this edition of the show, we are going to share some interviews that Kyle and I got a chance to do when we guest hosted for Tom Leach on Monday morning. He let us fill in for him on his show, The Leach Report which you can hear 9 to 10 a.m. locally in Lexington on 630 WLAP and a lot of affiliates around the state. So highly recommend checking that out if you haven't before. Kyle is normally on there Monday mornings, so there's a kind of a nice little segue into how you can get your fill of uh, Tom and get uh, introduced to his great show. We got a chance to talk to both Evan Daniels of 247 Sports, about basketball recruiting, and Andy Staples, Kyle's colleague from The Athletic. Really interesting conversations. Evan was dropping a lot of recruiting knowledge, and Staples had some great insights into SEC football. Um, Quick note also, I'll just be completely transparent as to why we're dropping some interviews we already did today as I'm recording here on Tuesday night, is because it is my mother's birthday today, and so... I kind of just decided to do only the, you know, a little bit of recording and have the rest already done for me. So, happy birthday to my mom, who is the biggest sports fan in our family, believe it or not. And then when I contacted Kyle about doing this, he texted me back and said, I'm up to my eyeballs in closet cleanout mandated by the wife. I don't know if that's supposed to be public information or not. But now it is, so if you want to, you know, tweet Kyle your closet cleaning tips, I'm sure that he would greatly appreciate that, Um, but hopefully he doesn't get mad at me for airing some dirty laundry. That's a pun, because he is probably doing some laundry as well. All right, let's jump into that interview with Evan Daniels. We are happy to be joined from across the ocean by Evan Daniels of 247 Sports. Uh, Jaya Sas? Is that how you say hello in in, in, in Greek, Evan? I looked that up. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> All that time up, over buddy? there and you haven't learned to speak their language? That's, that's disrespectful, Evan. <laughs> And I'm in and out of gyms all day. So, hey, there's a lot of people that speak English here. Oh, you. nice. Well, communicating has some... not been hard in Greece. That's good. Thank you for making some time for us. We, as we understand it, Evan is on the hunt for a high high level coach, uh, and if he sees him, he's going to have to hang up on us. We we accept that risk in talking to you, but we wanted to talk to you about <laughs> the news of the week for Kentucky, the news of the weekend, uh, BJ Boston. Uh, top 10 player in the 2020 class, gets things started for Kentucky. Uh, what What is Kentucky getting in this kid, and do you think that he could be a, a little bit of a domino effect because it seems like a lot of guys want to play with him and, and some of the guys that Kentucky's really in heavy with? Well, to start with him, I mean, I think it's a significant pickup because of his natural scoring ability. That's, you know, that's what Brandon Boston is at heart. He's a scorer, and he's got plus five, size for the position, uh, good length, uh, good athleticism, um, and a pretty impressive overall skill set. 
um, that allows him to score the ball uh, in a variety of ways. You know, I, I think he's going to continue to become more efficient uh, as as um, as he develops, um, you know, a slightly better shot selection. Uh, but this is a kid that can can really get baskets from from all three levels. And in terms of a domino effect, um, you know, I think it could. I, I, I think, you know, this is the first first guy off the board to Kentucky, uh, only the fourth five-star prospect to make a decision. Um, I think we are inching closer and closer to uh, decision-making time for a lot of kids. So um, Boston could help with that, but it could be just a, a natural progression of the recruiting periods. Um, you know, I think Kentucky's in terrific shape. Uh, with Cam Fletcher, I think they're the firm leader uh, right now, and he's getting ready to, to take an official visit to their campus. Um, and, and they're starting to ramp it up with some other guys too. So, uh, yeah, uh, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if, if we saw Kentucky go on a little bit of a run of commitments in the near future. That that was sort of my next question is um, maybe not one guy, but give me give me your a handful of guys or a couple guys that are on you know who could be next watch with Kentucky. Well, it's Fletcher. You know, he's the one that's about to take a visit, um, and I think that they're, um, you know, they're still, you know, they're they're working on setting up official visits um, with other kids. They're obviously uh, in there pretty deep with with a guy like Jalen Green and uh, a bunch of other uh, top tier uh, prospects. Um, you know, it's my understanding that that they've recently reached out. Um, the junior college, uh, junior college standout Jay Scrub uh, and JJ Trainer, a high school kid in Kentucky. Um, so, it, I mean, they're still mining, um, uh, mining the high school ranks and 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 working to set up official visits. And um, we'll see we'll see them do the do those pretty soon. Evan's breaking a little news there. That's interesting about going going the JUCO route. Um, Lance Ware is a guy that just got an offer from Kentucky. I would think that they're in pretty good position with him as well. Yeah, and, and this is a kid that I think has really progressed um, over the last year. I really liked him in the spring. I thought he maintained uh, what I saw in the spring and the summer. And the kid at 6'9", that's mobile, he's athletic, he's got good hands, he can score the basketball. Um, there's a lot of potential in Lance Ware. And, um, I'm not surprised to see him pick up a bunch of high major offers. This kid's a, a, a pretty impressive talent. Now, I guess the the last piece in potentially the 2019 class is Nafale Dante. Uh, there have been some reports that uh, the reclassification decision will be coming soon, which are pretty obvious considering the school year is about to start. But um, from that standpoint, what are you hearing on when he will actually play college basketball? And then if it is 2019, is there a kind of a leader or where Kentucky stands? Um, I think Kentucky is right there. Um, there's other guys involved, obviously, LSU, uh, Oregon. Um, in terms of a decision, everything I've been told is very soon, but I can't get anything more than that. I think very soon is probably uh, pretty obvious. Um, I wish I had more intel on it, uh, but I, I do think we're going to see something from him in the very near future. and. And Kentucky is one of the, the very few options, and, and obviously that would be a significant deal uh, to get a guy of his caliber that late uh, because he can impact the game in so many ways. Anybody watched the Nike Peach Jam Championship uh, saw how he, he dominated the game. 
We'll finish up that conversation with Evan Daniels and then jump into the interview with Andy Staples in just a minute. But before that, I do need to tell you guys uh, that support of Locked On Kentucky comes from Manscaped, who is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You have maybe seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. You you just posted a story this morning on Dewan Wagner's son, Dewan Wagner Jr. Um, he's just a, a going to be a freshman in high school, but apparently has looked really good. Um, is starting to open some eyes. Maybe way too early to even talk about this, but obviously he was a star for Calipari at Kentucky. Uh, if you watch the thirty for thirty. He's one of those guys that you know Calipari, the first guy that Calipari was like, "You need to go now. You need to you need to get out of here and get while you can get the money." Uh, and he was very thankful that that happened because he got sick. And uh, if he hadn't left when he did, he might not have ever gotten paid. So I think they have a great relationship. Do you have a sense that if he's a high major guy, that Kentucky will be, uh, you know, a, a major contender for him? So I asked. Dewan Wagner Jr., and keep in mind, this is a kid that's going into high school this year. So he's very young. If he's heard from any colleges, and specifically John Calipari because of, of his father playing for him, he said he hasn't heard from anybody yet. Um, this kid's really, uh, really impressive. He was one of four freshmen at the USA Basketball July minicamp, uh, and he was fearless. I, I think what stood out the most was just his poise and uh, how easy the game came to him and, and some just high basketball IQ plays that he made. And I, I spoke to his father, Dewan Wagner, that was there. Uh, and he, <laughs> the, I think the most telling line that he said is just that he's not scared of anything. And he's been training him uh, to be a pro from the beginning. And, and, and they spend a lot of time in the gym together. Uh, obviously, if, if this is a kid um, that goes through um, this process, you would think that uh, John Calipari uh, would certainly – uh, get involved, but obviously that's a long time from now. Uh, we'll see how he develops, and you know there could be some rule changes too that impact uh, high school recruiting by then. And uh, but obviously it's very early, so it's too too hard to say. You know if he could be a kid that could uh, leave early, but he he's certainly very talented, and I was extremely impressed by him. So uh, circle, I'll connect this to famous dads, and then circling back to the initial guy we were talking about, uh, Boston. How big of a a zoo media chaotic scene will Sierra Canyon be next year? Um, it'll certainly be that. Um, you know, it's uh, the, I think I've read this online a lot and it makes a lot of sense. It's the, the super team of the high school world. Uh, but obviously that's, that's not really new. We've seen uh, really ridiculous high school teams uh, at Oak Hill and IMG and, and Finley Prep and La Lumiere and, all these other schools for quite some time. But obviously because of the star power and the family names behind guys like Ronnie James and Zaire Wade, and then adding uh, big-time players around them, uh, it's going to be, a, it's gonna be a, a, a circus. Yeah, and for our listeners. phenomenon. Yeah, for our listeners, if people don't know, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade's sons play at Sierra Canyon, and this summer has seen a rash of 
five-star guys in various different classes, including B.J. Boston uh, transfer out there for next season. So it's going to be a wild, wild scene. Evan, thank you so much for your time. We're going to let you get back to your hunt for a high-level Division One coach to be named later. And uh, Good luck. We appreciate I'm glad it. We could, I'm glad we could fit this in, fellas. Y'all have a great day. You too. He is Evan Daniels. Uh, follow his work on 247. And now we are joined by Kyle's colleague from The Athletic, Andy Staples. Andy, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. Thanks for joining us, man. I just First, I want to just give you an opportunity to tell people um, about how you came to The Athletic from Sports Illustrated uh, just mainly because you wanted to be my teammate. That's all it was, really. I mean, yeah. when Kyle told me he was going there, we put the long-term plan into motion and figured eventually the spot would open up and, and, that, and I'd just jump on it. That, that's what it was. It, you know, <laughs> so this was like I, clutch I figured, sports. As long as Kyle Tucker's there, I can't lose. I'm the rich, I'm the rich Paul of uh, <laughs> recruiting my friends to the athletic. Um, <laughs> uh, we are really glad to have Andy on board. It's a pretty unbelievable overall team, but our college football team is outrageous now. With uh, with Stu and Andy and Bruce Feldman and Nicole and and so many uh, incredible writers, a bunch of great team writers. Um, but Andy, you were down uh, in in Alabama for uh, SEC Media Days. Um, we'll talk league wide stuff here in a second. But I'm curious. I was on. I can't remember. I think it was before SEC Media Days. I was on your radio show talking a little bit about Kentucky um, from a national perspective. There's been all this talk this summer, and you know Stoops is getting all worked up about it. Uh, disrespect for Kentucky or lack of respect after a ten-win season. Where do you think Kentucky stands in in sort of a, the eyes of a national audience? Well, I think most people are just looking at it like, oh, that was that was their year that they cycled up to, and and they're going to fall back to to what they would normally do. But the the difference is, and I don't know that, that people understand this who haven't been watching Kentucky closely is that what they normally do is different now. It's not, it's not you're going to go and have a one really good year and then they drop down to four and eight. You know, it's going to be you have a really good year and then the, the bounce back year is seven or eight wins because I think that's, you know, I, I think Mark Stoops is right when he talks about that they have not been building a team, they've been building a program. They, they, they're good evaluators. I mean, look at, look at their recruiting and look at what happens to like the guys that get committed who don't wind up signing with them. They all sign up. They all wind up signing with with higher profile schools. It, it's almost like you've got people cheating off Kentucky's paper at this point in recruiting. So it, it's clear they know what they're looking for, and they've done a good job of developing those guys. So yeah, I mean, it, it, you lose Josh Allen, Benny Snell, a bunch of the offensive linemen, Bunchy Stallings being one of them. Since I said bunch. Um, and then the whole secondary, yeah, you're going to have to deal with a, a drop-off probably. But that doesn't mean they're going to fall off the table. I mean, that, that's the thing. They, they've got guys in their system now that I think are going to be capable of playing in the SEC. Now, here's the, the, the difference is this year, I think the, the whole SEC East is better across the board. So it's not a great year to be coming down off of a you know, historically good year. But I think Kentucky's good enough to – weather that yeah yeah i think i think that's i think you've put it the way that i the way i feel about the situation is they're they're yes of course they're going to almost certainly take a step back from 10 wins 
but the mark of whether or not you have actually built a program uh, to last is is you know what have you raised your floor as much as you've raised your ceiling? And I think they have raised yeah. the floor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is this is such a night and day difference from the Joker Phillips era. And I mean, you go back to the Rich Brooks era. I I think now probably I imagine after Joker, people did fully appreciate what Rich Brooks did there. But I'm not sure we all did when it was going on. And and now you know you've seen how hard Mark Stoops has had to work to get it back to that level, and now he surpassed that level. Finish up that conversation with Andy Staples right after this. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've been talking a lot about perception from the media standpoint, but obviously, you know, you're down there at Media Day and talking to a lot of the coaches, and not, you know, you probably don't get into a ton of specific teams, but just being around those people that are connected to programs, what are their thoughts of Kentucky football? I always find that interesting. It's pretty much the same. I mean, people who paid attention think Kentucky is going to be a pretty good team to play, you know, pretty good team for the foreseeable future. Now, are they going to win 10 games every year? No. But I think Kyle put it best where the floor is so much higher than it used to be that they should have higher expectations most years. And the the issue now is, with Florida getting better, with South Carolina getting a little bit better, with Georgia being kind of the, the King Kong at the top of the division, what's realistic year to year? And that's something I, I don't think that's unique to Kentucky, though. I think, I think a lot of the, the programs in the East are sort of sitting there going, all right, what's this going to look like for the next five years? My feeling is Georgia is going to be what Alabama has been in the West. And everybody else is going to have to deal with that, and it's going to it's going to mess with some people's heads because you know, how many coaches have been fired because of Nick Saban so far in the West? Right, that's going to start happening because of Kirby Smart in the East. Except uh, to me, uh, there's only maybe one or two schools where the expectation is to beat Georgia. Like Mark Stoops could lose to Georgia every year and win eight games, and everybody be good with that. Um, but you know, I think at Florida and Tennessee, but Dan Mullen can't. Right, I think Florida and Tennessee, and maybe not even Tennessee, but certainly Florida. Yeah, probably Tennessee too. I think Florida and Tennessee are the two programs where you can't do that, right? Right, and South Carolina has gotten a little weird since that that Steve Spurrier era when they won eleven games three years in a row. They beat Clemson five years in a row. They all of a sudden started thinking they were a player, and I'm not sure that the expectations have returned to a reasonable level there yet either. That That's something that's interesting you mentioned, South Carolina, because I've been bringing them up a bunch lately when people say, what does Kentucky have to do? To well, Kentucky this? fans assume they can't lose to them. Right, They're like right. Florida fans with Kentucky for 30 years. Yeah, right, exactly. But, but like, when Kentucky fans are like, what do we have to do to get this, like, lasting respect? That I, South Carolina is the example to me because they because they came had that come up where they put it together for three straight years you know, every year they were pretty good, and then they had that run of the three straight years where they won double-digit games, and they went, they finally broke through and got to the SEC championship game. They've been living on that ever since, and not just with their fans, but like I think media tend to overrate SEC uh, South Carolina most well, most yeah, preseasons I mean, at, because of at, that. Look at the year they fell off. You know, we thought they were a top ten team preseason, and they were awful. Right, and yeah, you know, I I think. 
I think most people who pay attention to the SEC now kind of slot them in where they belong. Like, I, I still think Will Muschamp's best coaching job of his career was the first year at South Carolina where he got them to a bowl game. Because yeah. I didn't think he was going to win three games with that team. So I, I think they're, they're, at least the perception of them is, is a little more realistic from the folks who don't root for them. But the folks who root for them, I think, are still in that, wait, why can't, why can't we win nine games a year? Right. Because it's really hard to do that. It is really hard to do that. So, so along those lines, I think you probably agree with me that the pecking order at the top is pretty clear. There's Georgia as a, a obvious one, mm-hmm. Florida probably as a two. Then what? To you, who's the who's the uh, who is your favorite to be the third best team? I mean, first of all, do you agree with me that Florida is the the obvious number two in the in the East right now? Yeah, but there's distance between Florida and Georgia. I think. Oh yeah. I think Florida is closer to that group, the, the that next group that we're going to mention of of South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, than they are to Georgia. Yeah. And who's after them? And I don't know. I don't know how to order the, those other three because. I don't know, you know, South Carolina, if they're healthy on defense, should be pretty good. But what does that even mean? Because Kentucky should be pretty good. This might be the best Vandy team Derek Mason's had. So they can beat some people. And we're not, we've not yet mentioned Missouri. And it's sort of the, the old school SEC, like, just conveniently forgetting Missouri. But the fact of the matter is, they got better as the season went on last year. The way their schedule shakes out, they're going to win a bunch of games early and could come into the, the meat of their schedule with some confidence. So uh, I, don't, I wouldn't count them out in this discussion. No, I'm not saying they could win the East, because I'm, I'm picking Georgia to win the East, and I'm not picking anybody else. Andy, uh, thank you so much for your time, um, and we look forward to maybe seeing you around football season. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, brother. He is Andy Staples. You can follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Staples. Read his work on The Athletic. Thanks to Evan Daniels and Andy Staples for their time. As I mentioned at the top, I thought really great insights from two of the national leaders in their fields, college football coverage and college basketball recruiting coverage. So you're not going to hear from any bigger authorities than those two guys. If you missed the last uh, edition of the show, I highly recommend it. We got a chance to talk to Sam Vecini of The Athletic about B.J. Boston as a prospect and then also dove into um, the guys that are going to be on next year's U.K. basketball team and what they uh, will look like on the court. So go check that out. As always, please follow us on all social media at LockedOnUK on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Please subscribe to the podcast. And then the most important thing you can do is share the podcast with somebody else who would enjoy. Hit the share Twitter, Facebook post, Instagram story, all that good stuff. We can find it. You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms. So just hit the share button and spread the word about Locked On Kentucky. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On.
Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea. Check, 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 check. 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 